than my emotions, it is well. It is well. Well, glory to God, glory to God. First and foremost, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Kingdom Encounter with at the Ignite Depot. We wanna welcome you to our Resurrection Sunday celebration where we're celebrating that he got up, he's no longer in the grave, in fact, the song says, oh, Deb, where is your sting? Where, where is your victory? In other words, you have been defeated. Not that you're going to be defeated in the sweet by and by. No, you're defeated right now. I said he's defeated right now. Say that. He's defeated right now. Death is already defeated. In fact, <clears throat> while we were singing this song, in accordance to Revelation, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. In accordance to Revelation chapter four, he says this, he says, share this with my people. He says, Revelation chapter four, verse eight says, each of the four living creatures had six wings full of eyes all around and under their wings, they worship without ceasing day and night singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the almighty, the was the is and the soon to come. He was, he is, and he's soon to come. He goes on and say, he says, and whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to the one who is a throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell face down before the one seated on the throne and they worship the one who lives forever and ever. And they surrounded, they surrendered their crowns before the throne. And this is what they say. When did they do this? Day and night. What did it, what did they say? You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and for your pleasure, they were created and exist. This is what's going on in heaven right now. So if you don't like to worship, you might want to get some practice in because when you get there, every time somebody says, holy, everybody stops what they're doing. It's kind of like a, like a fire alarm. They drop, flop, and roll. They drop whatever they're doing. They hit the ground and they roll over into his presence. And then you hear, holy, holy, holy. The Lord God is continuously so. I'm just going to give you a little heads up. If you're planning to make that trip, you might want to get start working on your praise muscles right now in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, by the time you, hey, when it's all said and done and you, and you realize that you got an express ticket up and not down, if y'all know what I mean, if you got an express ticket up and not down, because he says to be absent from your body is presence with the I mean, we've had loved ones, we've had loved ones go on and pass. I mean, this, over the last couple of years, we've had loved ones uh, pass away, friends who've passed away. And in the natural, you want to mourn, but boy, if they had an opportunity to come back here, because compared to where it is they gone, if they were born again, they wouldn't trade it for nothing in this world. You give them all the money, give them all this, compared to heaven, this is not, this is, mm, mm, this is skid rope. But God, but God, he's so faithful. 
I'm trying to calm a little self down because on the inside, I am running. I've been running since Friday night. Boy, if y'all didn't see the message on Friday night, go back and watch it. It's called Just for, Just for Me. And I had an opportunity yesterday to one of my neighbors and shared the gospel with him using those three points, submit, commit, and resist. And just sharing it, sharing that with him is like a light went off on the inside. He's like, he's like, you know, I've been searching, man. He said, but it wasn't, when you said that, it's something in the inside of me just caught on fire. So, hey, Chris, if you're watching, if Chris, Nikki, you're watching, man, this is just for you, giving you a shout out. Man, it was so good, so good. And it came, I wasn't going thee, the, thou, I was actually walking the dog. And walking the dog, and we just struck up a conversation. And then the next day, you know, opportunity knocked at my door. Who am I to ignore the knock? I had a I had, to, I had to answer to them. So, you know, glory to God. So, y'all ready for the word today? We're going to make this declaration. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this opportunity. What a great time to be alive. I mean, you're going to be a part of the greatest move of God that's ever hit the earth. And you right in the heart of it right now. And I'm trying to calm myself down. You and help me here. Pray. You pray for me. Pray for me. All right, here we go. I want to welcome my brother all the way from the great land of Mashan in Jesus' name. As always, I mean, you know, we know what it takes for us to get here, but you don't know what it took for somebody else to get here. Not just the time, but you don't know what's going on in their lives, but they press through to get the word of God. And I'm here to tell you, God is not going to disappoint you today. He's not going to disappoint you in Jesus name. So we make this declaration and we're going to jump right in, in the name of Jesus. It says this, it says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me <clears throat> because he, the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captain, open and a prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, the garment of praise, the garment of praise, the garment of praise, the garment of praise. When you just begin to praise him, he wants to make the exchange with you in the praise. When there's heaviness, he wants to make the exchange with you in praise and when worship. And when you're praising, you're praising and you're thanking God for all the things he's done for you. You're thanking God for all the ways he's brought you out. In fact, June and I was talking about this because I was sharing with my accountability the other day. I said, people cannot cannot how can they talk about your testimony if they don't understand your test i was telling one of my brothers i said people don't realize that there was a point in time that june and i was going through a situation and nobody knew that we was going through this situation and we we had went to gt in in the g2 boutique and fabulous uh i ain't gonna tell y'all where it is because shout out but y'all know and uh g2 boutique and we had gotten those four those four uh, one pound wraps of ground beef that is supposed to be beef, but it's like beef and then like some like egg fillings or something. I call it mystery meat. And it tastes, it tastes so, it tastes so uniquely different that we, and the way we overcame it is we had to throw some hamburger helper in that bad boy to, to dull that, that, that taste off of it. And we was doing that every other day along with Roman noodles nobody knew 
but God. Always, 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 always supplied. No matter what. It may not have been filet mignon every day, but he always supplied. And so I was talking to Juan about that yesterday when we was walking through GT out where we live right now. And just talking about it, I got so excited. almost took off running. I was at the cash register just dancing. Like, Glory to God. You don't know. It's too late. For, I'm, I'm praising God while I'm walking through the store. It's too late for me. You can't tell me that God ain't faithful. He's always going to come through. He may not come through all, every single day, but, but you know, he never lets me down. He never fails. By the time I left out of that GT, I thought the cash register, cashier was gonna get burnt up. I was so hyped. I'm standing there dancing on my little feet. And June was like, like, okay, don't scare the people. <laughs> Glory to God. Just thinking about how, God, how good God is. How many people's lives were totally changed this past year through this pandemic, but God? Has been faithful. People say, well, if God was so good, why do stuff have God still good? Even if stuff happened, God's still good. This person died. And why you still preach on healing? Because healing didn't change because this person died. I don't know all the end and out, neither do you, but God's still good. He's still good. It means I'm not moved by my circumstances. I'm not moved by what I see because God's still good. He's still good. And sometimes we get, he's, yes, sir, he says, sometimes you get weary. And you get discouraged because you're spending so much time watching this, looking here, and you should be looking here. He says, if you change your focus and begin to praise me and begin to worship me, and he says, then what I'll, I'll do what this scripture says, I'll make the great exchange with you. I'll make the, oh, that's good, Lord. He says, I will make the great exchange with you. Try it. When I double dog, triple dog dare you. Go home this week and try it. When a situation, don't even wait for the situation to search for it. Just begin to praise and worship God. Put on some of your favorite praise music and just begin to praise God and just begin to thank him for who he, what it is he's done and thank it for all the things. Just bring out your list of all the great things he's done for you in the past. Hey, try this one. He woke you up this morning in your right mind, your good health, food on your table, clothes on your back, roof over your head, you got a job to go to, or if you're working from home, you got family members that still love you. He still loves you no matter what. That's enough to give God praise for. Don't even cut your dad blasted news on. I'm telling you right now, don't cut your news on. I'm praying that your, that your radio don't work. Cut all that mess on and feed all that garbage in, in your system. You're like, I don't know why I'm discouraged. I do. God says, I want to make the great exchange with you this morning. In Jesus name. Okay, here we go. Ooh. He says, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So if you got friends and family members who are going through, man, just go over and just start praising with them. Just begin to start talking to them about the good, the good times. How much God has brought you out. I had one of my brothers tell me, he, called, he was going to call me, tell me how much God helped him melt all that snow outside so he ain't got to plow it away. Something that simple, but it blessed him. We Sometimes we miss it because we're looking for huge stuff. Man, if I go to a restaurant when I used to steal you shrimp and they gave me two extra pieces of shrimp, he would have thought they gave me a whole bucket. Two extra, oh, that's the favorite guy. Woo! And they looking like this two shrimp. I said, two shrimp to you is an opportunity to praise for me. 
spirit of heaven that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall repair, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for the opportunity in your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with the types of words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to continue to move up and down each and every aisle, touch each and every person, touch each and every person watching by airway. Let them be blessed. Let their give them ears to hear it and eyes to see and hearts that are open to receive the word that will forever change their lives forever. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, hold on. I tell Sister Joy to cut that light off. Is 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 make the, the shine on it shine in my head. There you go. Woo! That shine on my head was so was shining so hard it blinded me up. Them got up. <laughs> y'all gotta know how to laugh, man. Try that with me. Y'all y'all want some medicine? Y'all want some medicine? Who wants some medicine this morning? Mm -hmm. Try this. <laughs> Try that. <laughs> you want to know why it says a merry heart is good like a medicine so if you got some stuff going on in fact hospitals are using this right now they actually will have a laugh session with patients and when they begin to laugh guess what they start doing they stop focusing on everything else that's going on with them so sometimes you just gotta laugh by faith I told y'all about my story about that time God said, start laughing. I'm like, Lord, ain't nothing funny about what's going on. He's like, I need you to laugh. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to laugh. I ain't nothing funny about what's going on. He said, laugh by faith. Ha, 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 And next thing you know it, I started laughing for real. When I started laughing for real, what happened? Just what the word says that he made the exchange, that heaviness was lifted off of me and I was filled with his joy. Now, if I was to give this word, this message a title for today, I know y'all like titles, so I'm gonna give it to you. I know, Julian. Title of this message is called Blurred Vision. Blurred Vision. Now, that the definition of blurred vision is this. It means it refers to a lack of sharpness a vision resulting in the inability to see the fine details. So it is a lack of sharpness of vision resulting in the inability to see the fine details. And how many people know when you talk about Easter, for the, when the world talks about Easter or when believers talk about Resurrection Sunday, people have different views on what it's all about. Some people argue about the fact, you know, did he get up? Some people argue about the fact, was it three days? Some people argue about, did he go in the grave? Or did he really die on Friday? Or really, did he really go where he's up on Sunday? People are going in all these different directions, arguing about this, that, and the other. And God says, it's because they don't have clarity. What they do is they have, a, they have what's known as blurred vision. They can't see the fine details. They can't really even understand what it was really all about. He says, but not after today. He says, today I'm going to help you clear up those 
Anybody ever had blurred blur vision? Anybody ever gone swimming and got chlorine in your eyes and you came up and then you open your eyes and you can still see, but everything was, everybody started looking like images or as you, some people begin to become more senior in their age, then their vision begins to not be as sharp as it was before and they need some help with their vision, AKA glasses to help them be able to see clearly. He says, so today I'm going to give you a clarity of the vision, the purpose, and the plan for Jesus coming and dying on the cross all alone. Mm -hmm. See, and, and as it, don't waste your time in debates and arguments for people who've already made up their mind. I might, if you talk to me about something, I might say something back to you once. I might even say this to you twice. There, there won't be a third time. I just stop talking to you about it. I just got, mm-hmm. You agree with me? I agree you said something, but you do you agree with my point? I do agree with the point that you said something. We've already, Amos chapter three, verse three says this, how can two really walk together except they, they be agreed? If we already made a decision that we don't agree on this, we don't have the same position on this issue, I just stop talking to you about it because your mind is already made up. And for the sake of peace, we just love you and we move on. So let's talk about blurred vision. First of all, Jesus lived a purpose-driven life. Mm -hmm. Jesus lived a purpose-driven life. Now, many people believe, and I've heard people say Jesus was a, was a, was a socialist and Jesus was an activist and Jesus did this and Jesus did that. We're gonna clarify. Jesus had one mission when he came here and i'm we usually say this at christmas time but we're going to share it with you today isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 <clears throat> excuse me isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 i'll read from the king james version it says this for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government everybody say government the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace of the increase of his government. The increase of his government, not the increase of Canada's government, not the increase of the United States government, not the increase of Australia's government, the increase of his government or the kingdom of God because his government is the kingdom of God and of peace there shall be no end so the increase of the kingdom of God and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to do what to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the latter time forth, even forevermore. So Jesus, when he came, his, his, his purpose stage, his, his, his mission statement was simply this. I've come to reestablish the kingdom of God in the earth, and there will be an increase of the kingdom of God and of peace, and there will be no end. He did not come to reestablish a, a worldly government. 
How do you know that? Because that's where the children of Israel kept getting lost because they spent so much time focusing on when is he going to reestablish the kingdom or reestablish the government back to Israel. And he says, that's not why I came. I came to establish the kingdom of God. Do y'all see that? His purpose, because why would he have to reestablish the kingdom of God? Because when Adam and Eve were in the garden, when they came, that's why when he praised the prayer in Matthew chapter six, Father, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, your will be done in earth just like it is in heaven. He's telling it, reestablish your kingdom in the earth. Reestablish your kingdom in the earth. So if he has to reestablish his kingdom in the earth, where did his kingdom, where, how, when was his kingdom established the first time? All the way back in the Garden of Eden. He said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he says, let us create man and let us make him in our image, in our likeness, a male and female, uh, he says, and give him authority and he gave him dominion to rule on earth just like it is in heaven. He made man just like him. In his image and his like, he looked, man is a God is a spirit. He made man a spirit. He gave man a body. He said, "Okay, man, I want you to carry on in earth just like I carry on in heaven." So before the fall, Adam and Eve functioned in earth just like it was in heaven. They did not know anything about evil. He said, "There's a tree in it of a knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden." But don't eat of that fruit because the day you do, you will surely die. What does that word die mean? Separate yourself away from my way of doing things. You will take on another nature. And that's what we talked about on Friday. When iniquity, you will take on iniquity. What is iniquity is not outward. Iniquity is perverted character and twisted truth. So the world's, the, the, the kingdom of darkness way of doing things is per, has perverted character and twisted truth. And they transgress, which means they willfully rebel against God's way of doing things. Is everybody with me so far? Because if you don't understand where all this starts, he says, I declare the end from the very beginning. So if you want to know what's going to happen at the end, just go back to, just go to the very beginning. If you want to know what happened in the very beginning, go to the end, read the end, and you'll see what happened in the very beginning, because it's going to be the exact same. I double dog, triple dog dare you go home today, Read Revelations 21 and 22. It's going to be a reestablishment on earth like it was in the book of Genesis. With God, God doesn't change. God is still the same. He's still the same. So if Jesus' mission statement, his purpose-driven life was driven by establishing his kingdom in the earth. But what's the big deal about the cross then? I'm so glad you asked that question because we're going to talk about that. Now, you got to understand how, oh, that's good, Holy Spirit. Thank you. He says, slow down for a second. Romans chapter five, verse 19 tells you, sums up everything I just said about what happened with Adam and how Adam, when he bowed his knee, he was translated over into the kingdom of darkness and he separated himself from God's way of doing things. Rep Romans chapter five, verse 19, I'm reading out of King James Version says this. For by one man's disobedience, who's that one man? Adam. Many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, who was that one who was obedient? Jesus. Shall many be made righteous or put back in right standing with God. 
Adam disobeyed God's command and he caused sin to pass on to everybody else. But Jesus obeyed what it is God told him to do. And guess what happened as a result of we, those who receive it will be made righteous within him. Do y'all see that? So why, what's the big deal about the cross? Well, turn me over to Hebrews chapter nine. We're going to talk about it. Hebrews chapter nine. Why the cross? Got to understand that even in the Old Testament, there was a cost, there was a price for sin. So in order for us to be redeemed back to God, guess what had happened? A price had to be paid for that sin. God is righteous and God is just. The first, see, we get uh, worked up about the fact that Jesus went to the cross, but the first shedding of blood was in the Garden of Eden because God actually used skins of an animal to cover Adam and Eve's sin. That's what had to happen for that to happen. Shedding of blood. Every time God cut a covenant, what, what was required? A shedding of blood. In the old covenant, it was animal blood. And the new covenant, whoo, okay, I'm going to slow myself down. Okay, I know. Thank you, Lord. I'm reading out of the Hebrews chapter 9. I'm starting at verse number 11, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, and it reads as follows. It says, now a person's last will and testament can only be take effect after one has been proven to be dead, proven to have died. Otherwise, the will cannot be enforced while the person who made it is still alive. That's like in the natural. If I write, I have a will that I want to leave things to my family members and loved ones, it's not into effect as long as I'm still alive. The moment I, I pass away, I transition, then everything that was in that, real, that will becomes in full effect. Do y'all see that? Y'all know that from a natural standpoint. God says in the Bible, it's the exact same way. Nothing happens until that person has died. But now the anointed one has become the king priest of every wonderful thing that has come. For he serves in a greater, more perfect heavenly tabernacle not made by men that is to say not a part of this creation and he has entered once and forever into the holiest sanctuary of all not with the blood of animal sacrifices but the sacred blood of his own sacrifice mm. Whew. pause and think about that and he alone has made our salvation secure forever. Under the old covenant, the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of helpers were sprinkled on those who were defiled and effectively cleansed them outwardly from their ceremonial impurities. Now you gotta understand, in the Old Testament, what they would do once a year, the priest would go into the holiest of holies and with the blood and he would cover this. He would cover the sins of the people, but they was having what's known as atonement. It was an atonement for sin. In other words, it just covered their sins. 
But what Jesus did, he didn't cover the sin. It, it, there was remission, which means there was a washing away of all of your sins as if you never committed anything. Do y'all see the difference between the two? All righty. So Jesus is the one who has enacted a new covenant with a new relationship with God so that those who accept the invitation will receive the eternal inheritance he has promised to his heirs. Remember it says in Romans chapter, uh, Romans chapter eight, it says that we are not only heirs with God, but we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, are we called Daddy, Daddy? Why? Because of what it is, we receive that which Jesus did for us on the cross. Do y'all see this? Are y'all with me so far? It says this, it says this, go glory to God. Now he says, he says this, he says, he enacted a new covenant with a new relationship with God. What does that mean? Push you right back at right standing with God. And how did he do it? Through the shedding of his blood. The blood was necessary to put you back in right standing with God. The blood was necessary to put you back in right standing with God. Okay. And it's available to who? All those who will accept the invitation. See, anybody who will accept the invitation that God has, has or Jesus is making to them by saying, hey, come unto me. I have a better way for you. I have a way out for you. I have this, that, that. It's an invitation to come, but it's only available to those who accept it. Like, if our family members invite us over for breakfast and we don't, even though the invitation is out there, but if we don't show up, it doesn't change the fact that they invited us. It's the same thing with God. He says this, he says, to receive eternal inheritance, he has promised to his heirs for he died to release us from the guilt of the violation committed under the first covenant. Actually, nearly everything under the law was purified with blood since Forgiveness, forgiveness only comes through our an outpouring of blood. Forgiveness only comes through the outpouring of blood. I'm in verse 24. For the Messiah did, did not enter into the earthly tabernacle made by man, since which was but an echo of the true sanctuary but he entered into heaven itself to appear before the face of God in our place. Under the old system, year after year, the high priest entered the most holy sanctuary with blood that was not his own, but the Messiah did not need to re repeatedly offer himself year after year, for that would mean he must suffer repeatedly ever since the fall of the world. But now he has appeared at the fulfillment of the ages to establish, to abolish sin once and for all. So when Jesus, that's good, Lord, thank you. Yes, sir. He says, when Jesus came and laid his blood, that's good, that's so good. When Jesus came and laid, laid his blood, when God sees you, he says, this is you. This is the blood. He always sees you through the blood. 
He always sees you through the blood. And what does that mean? That he sees that blood and remembers that sin has already been abolished. It says that he's already washed away all of your sins. It says that Jesus already paid the price once and for all. And all you have to do is receive what it is that he did for you on the cross. So y'all see that? See, you can't, you can't, you can't bypass the cross. We're not saying bypass the cross, but if the only thing you ever teach is the cross about the fact he has forgiven you of your sins and never talk about the fact that his real mission was to come to reestablish the kingdom of God and the cross was a means to be able to, be, to do that. The price had to be paid. The price had to be paid for our sins. The price had to be paid for our transgressions. The price had to be paid for iniquity. Jesus' obedience made it, gave us the opportunity to become the righteousness of God. Remember in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21, it says, he was made sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God or be right back in right standing with God. Can y'all see that? So don't bypass the cross. He had to go to the cross. Well, I should have went. I heard somebody sing a song. I should have went in this place. <laughs> no, because if you would have went, nothing would have happened. It had to be pure blood. And he shed his blood for you and he shed his blood for me. He shed his blood for the entire world. But the world has an has it's an invitation. You can either receive it or you can reject it. So what was Jesus' mission? To establish the kingdom of God. What was the means by which to, to, to bring about redemption of sin, to give us a right to be able to receive it? There had to be the shedding of blood because in order to establish the covenant, there is no covenant where there is no shedding of blood. There is no remission of sin where there is no shedding of blood. Could it be your blood? No, it had to be a, a, a lamb that was spotless. That's why he's called the lamb of God. He was the sacrificial lamb for you. He was the sacrificial lamb for me. So that in itself is enough for you when you're feeling heavy. Father, I thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. That blood cleansed me. That blood washed me. That blood put me back in right relationship with you. I thank you for it now in the name of Jesus. Guess what happens at that point? It it readjusts your focus. It takes your focus off of you and puts your focus back on him. Do you know it says in Isaiah, I believe it's 26, it says, I will keep you in perfect peace whose eyes are stayed on me. Why? Because they trust me. So Jesus lived a purpose-driven life. His purpose or his mission was to reestablish the kingdom of God. So if you are not spending your life as a believer, and expanding the kingdom of God, and you're spending all of your time focusing on nothing but the government of this world and how to reestablish, you are wasting your time. That is not, you know, I'm gonna show it to you in the word. Does that mean that you never do anything about them? No, there's something to do about them, and he tells you. But if your whole focus is on that, you know what he told me to tell you? He said, you know what that's called? A distraction. You are consumed 
by it. And it's a, he says, and it's a distraction because you're, you're so consumed by it that you never do what it is he sent you there to do in the first place. And what will he tell you to do? Go make disciples to expand my kingdom. Go make disciples to expand the kingdom. You said prove it. Thank you for that. I will. Thank you so very much for that, Natasha. I'll do it just for you. Now, remember, Jesus came to establish the kingdom. Everybody agree with that? Jesus came to establish the kingdom. That was his mission. The means by which in order to do that, he had to shed his blood. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 says this. I'm reading out an amplified version. It says, and he, talking about Jesus, went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the cross. Is that a Yabba? No. The good news of sin. Nope. What did he do? He went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news, the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness, every disease, and every weakness and infirmity among the people. So the report of him spread throughout, through all Syria and they brought him all who were sick, those afflicted with various diseases and torments, those under the power of demons, uh, epileptics, and paralyzed people, and he healed them all. So what did Jesus preach? The kingdom. What was his mission statement? To come to reestablish the kingdom. Better yet, before Jesus got going, who, who came before Jesus? John the Baptist. What did John the Baptist preach? Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He didn't preach anything else other than that. He was a forerunner for Jesus. Jesus came, he preached the same message. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, God's way of doing things at hand. Repent, the government of God is at hand. Or better yet, the government of God, or God's way of doing things is available to you. Who was he talking to? People who were dealing with sicknesses and disease and they was being tormented by the adversary he told him, this is what's available to you. Did he ignore the fact that those things was going on? No. What was his answer to it? He preached the kingdom. All right, I know you got, you need another one. Okay, go with me to Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four, verse 43, still reading out an amplified version. It says this. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of what? The kingdom of God to other cities and towns because the people just wanted him to stay right where he was at. And he, and he says, I must preach the kingdom of God to these other cities as well. He says, for I was sent for this purpose. I was sent for this purpose. Why was Jesus sent? For the purpose to reestablish the kingdom of God. Why was the cross? Because there had to be shedding of blood in order to, <clears throat> for the remission or wiping away of your sin. So every time when God sees you, he sees you, he sees you through the blood. 
He sees you, he sees you through the blood. When he sees you through the blood, guess what he's not focusing on? Where you missed it. He's not focusing on the fact. Now he's not smiling at what it is you did, but he's not his, he's interacting with you as if Sid never existed. So I ask you this question, who you representing? If you're supposed to be representing Jesus, and if you're supposed to be representing what Jesus represented, Jesus represented the kingdom. He did not represent himself. He did not represent a party. He did not represent a, a, a nation in this world. He represented the kingdom. So God told me to ask you this question. Who are you representing? When you walk, if you call yourself a believer, if you call yourself a follower of God, if you call yourself a Christian, you know what the word Christian means? Christ-like. Means I'm like him. When you say you're Canadian, people expect you to act like people from Canada. If you're from America, they expect you to act like people from where it is you come from. But if we say that we are Christ-like and Christ only represented the kingdom of God in everything he said and in everything he do, why are we operating, say we are followers of Christ, that we are citizens of the kingdom of God, but we never preach the kingdom of God. We never share the kingdom of God. And all we share is what's going on in our, in our current government. Somebody is deceived. So, why is that important to us right now? I'm glad you asked. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24 and I'm gonna share this with you. What did Jesus represent? The kingdom of God. What did he come to reestablish? The kingdom of God. What purpose was he sent here? To preach and expand the kingdom. That's it. Everything he did was tied to that point to expand the kingdom, expand the kingdom, expand the kingdom, to expand the kingdom. The only people he talked about the cross to was his disciples in secret. That's why when he went to the cross, the, the religious people and people around, they mocked him because they saw all the other stuff he did. If you so great, why don't you get off the cross? If he'd have got off that cross, we all would have been in trouble. Did you notice this? Even on, even on the cross, Jesus was still operating in his ministry. He had one guy on the one, one thief on one side who was mocking him, making fun of him. He had another guy on the other side who was like, don't you even know who he is? We belong up here. He does not. He hasn't done anything. What did he say to, say to the guy? Will you, please, will you remember me when you enter into your kingdom? What did Jesus say? No, I can't help you, bro. Don't you see I've got stuff going on? Don't you see what these people saying about me? What did he say? This day will you be with me in my kingdom? Do y'all see that? He never stopped preaching the kingdom. Why is that important to us right now? With everything that's going on around us with the COVID, with the lockdowns, with all this, and people are... are are feeling beat down and oppressed and beat down and oppressed. The whole, I'm sure with you, what the goal of that is and how you're supposed to respond. Matthew chapter 24, verse number, uh, I think I'm on verse 10. It says this, I'm reading out a passion translation. It says this, 
At that time, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another and many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because of the lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come. So even in the midst of everything that's going on, if you read above that, it talks about uh, famines and pestilence and wars and rumors of wars and all these things and you're gonna be persecuted because of my name's sake in the whole nine yards and then all these other things is gonna happen and all this is gonna happen. Jesus is saying all these things are going to happen but through it all, the kingdom of God must be preached. Even when all chaos is going on, the kingdom of God must be preached. Why? Because the kingdom of God is the only thing that will help you to be able to sustain or be delivered out of that situation. Can I ask you this question though? Does it ever say that there's anything you can do to stop this stuff from happening? No. So why do we spend so much time trying to, why do we spend so much time trying to stop what it is God, Jesus himself said is going to come. Think about that for a second. I asked the question and this is what he said. It never says that it's gonna stop. I'm telling you what's coming so you will know what to do. Does that mean to tolerate every little thing that people are trying to do? Absolutely not. But there's a way to do everything. But yes, sir, he says people are consumed with it and they're not doing they're not offering the one solution I gave them to counteract it you can't stop it did y'all hear what I said you can't stop it you can prevent as many people from being affected by it but you cannot stop what's going to happen Second Timothy chapter three, when it's talking about the work is going to be perilous times and this is going to happen and that's going to happen and this is going to happen. It never says that you can stop it. It never says that. Go back and read it. Even when it talks about in verse 25 about the, the, 20, the 10 versions, five was wise and five was foolish and they was waiting on him to come. And when he came, there was five who was ready to go in and there was five who were not. Who was the determining factor? Was it Jesus the determining factor? Was God the determining factor? Or was it the individuals who were the determining factor? During the time when Jesus was on the earth, there was, there was all kind of idol worship going on. One of the biggest diseases they was dealing with at that time was leprosy. They had people who were being possessed by demons. They was paralyzed. They didn't even have the same kind of Medicare medications that we have today. Guess what Jesus' answer to that was? Preach the kingdom. You said, okay, Jerry, you asked me to show it to you. I'm going to show it. I'm going to show you. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 10, and I'm going to show it to you. What did Jesus tell the people to do? Jesus summons. I'm in verse number one. I'm reading out a New American Standard. It says, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority 
over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Who did Jesus give the authority to? What are you? What does the word disciple mean? Follower of Jesus. He gave them authority to over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Now these 12, when these, these 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them, now what was the first thing that they got before they went out? They got a word from the Lord. They got a word from the Lord to tell them what to do. Do not go in the way of the Gentiles and do not enter into a city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach the kingdom. That word preach means proclaim. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, you can heal the sick, you can raise the dead, you can cleanse the lepers, you can cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely you give. So God's answer to everything that's going on in the earth, God's answer to everything that's going to be going on at the time of Matthew chapter 24 is not Jesus getting off the throne. His answer to that is you and me. I've given you delegated authority according to Matthew chapter 28. I've given you delegated authority. Go out to make disciples and teach them the things whichsoever I taught you. And when you preach this kingdom of the, of, of you preach this gospel of the kingdom and according to Matthew chapter, uh, Mark chapter 16, he says, when you preach this gospel, this is what shall follow you. You will lay hand, you will speak with new tongues. You will cast out demons. You will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If any deadly thing tries to attach itself to you, it will not hurt you. So Jesus' answer to everything that's going on is you and I, if you're a follower of Jesus. Pause and think about that. You are his answer. When we began talking earlier this year about and January 17th, if you haven't gone back, go back and listen to this message, we will not be silent. We will not be silent. We will not be silent, but what we're going to be talking about is not what the world would say you should be talking about. What we're going to talk about, because it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if we are silent, our gospel is hid to those who are lost. We're going to be very vocal whether in-house, out-of-house, in the grocery store, in the neighborhood, walking a dog, walking a cat, whatever the case may be, we're going to be very vocal, but our, our, we're going to be vocal about the gospel of the kingdom. Why? Because if we keep quiet, it's going to be here to those who are already lost. You got the answer. You have the solution. And God says, I'm going to make my expression in the earth through you. Stop worrying about that. I Go back and ask God yourself. Say, God, what about this? What about that? God says, what they got to do with you? Same thing when Peter was talking about, you know, he, when Jesus told Peter, hey, this thing is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And Peter was like, you know, what about John? Jesus said, what they got to do with you? If he be here until, until what they got to do with you? Same thing. All this stuff going on is distractions. You so focused on that, you never get to doing what it is God sent you here to do. He's going to make his expression in the earth through you. Do you have to be behind a pulpit to be able to do it? Nope. 
Because what is he going to do? He's going to put some of you in the hospitals. He's going to put some of you in position of leadership in government. He's going to put some of you in positions to work with people in, in your everyday field to begin to teach people how to operate according to the kingdom, not according to this kingdom here, but his kingdom, which Jesus came to establish. So y'all see the difference between the two. So if your vision is blurred because you're, you're thinking just simply he came for the washing away of my sins, that's true, but that's not all he came to do. He came to his main purpose and was to reestablish the kingdom of God. And that's what he did the three years of his ministry. He only preached the kingdom. What was the disciples supposed to do after he left? Preach the kingdom. When he sent his disciples out, what are the disciples supposed to do? Preach the kingdom. But if you are double-minded, I'm going to operate this way. I'm going to operate to the, according to this kingdom today. I'm going to, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about this kingdom on Sunday, but the rest of the week, I'm going to talk about this kingdom. You are double-minded. He's, oh, that's good. And he says, when you are double-minded, you can expect to receive nothing. God, I'm going, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing what it is you said. He says, you are doing stuff, but you're not doing what I told you to do. I told you to preach my kingdom way of doing things. You're preaching this kingdom's way of doing things. And you're frustrated because you're not seeing results. And I know I, I, know I have rubbed people the wrong way. And I'm okay with that. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because if I rub you the wrong way based off of my word, man, you can get upset. But I'm only telling you what he told me to tell you. All of us, this is not, this is not night uh, specific. This is going on throughout the entire body of Christ. And people are frustrated and the world is looking for answers. And they're looking at the only government that they know. And you know that there's another government that supersedes your government. But we're not telling nobody. But that's what Jesus told his disciples to go do. Go preach the kingdom. Go to these places and preach the kingdom. Go to these places. I'm giving you delegated authority to go and preach the kingdom. Why won't you do it? Why won't you do? Why won't you fulfill the purpose? Your purpose is tied to my purpose because you are in Jesus. Jesus is the head. We are the body. What it look like you trying to walk one way and your, your right leg go this way, your left leg go that way. You ain't gonna get nowhere quickly, but that's what happens in the body. The head is sending a signal to the body saying, I need you to go this way. I don't think that's gonna work. That don't make no sense. So-and-so said this, so-and-so did that. He's like, it makes no sense. So I'm telling you what he said to say. People say, why would you, why are you so adamant about, because that is my purpose. My purpose is to represent God, to ignite life and purpose within a generation to expand the kingdom of God. My mandate is to preach the kingdom of God, period. So when I teach love, love and cooperation with the kingdom of God, faith and cooperation with it. Do you know faith is the currency of the kingdom of God? That's how things get done in the kingdom of God. Faith. But you need love to operate, to energize your faith so grace will produce what it is that is already made available to you. But where is it all available to you at? 
inside the kingdom of God. Do y'all see, see what I'm saying? Don't be double-minded. Don't be double-minded. You can't be of two different opinions because if you are, it's like, you, this is what you're doing. I'm gonna show you in your head, this is what you're doing. Are y'all watching me? This is what y'all doing. If you double-minded, this is what you're doing. And you moving, but you ain't going nowhere fast. I don't, I'm burning all this energy, Lord. I'm tired of praying, Lord. And why ain't nothing happening? He said, because you haven't made a decision, a heart, not a head decision, a heart decision. I'm only going to do what the Father tells me to do. But I should be doing this. What did the Father say? Because yeah, that's what I asked. Father, what am I supposed to say about this? S say this. What am I supposed to say about this? Tell them this. But Lord, that's not what everybody else is saying. He says, you ask what am I telling you to say to them about the situation? Not what everybody else is saying about it. I love, I love, love, love people. But I love God more. And if he says, I want you to share how people have blurred vision on a, on a resurrection Sunday morning and to clarify, Jesus came to establish the kingdom. Jesus came to establish the kingdom. Jesus came to establish and expand the kingdom. And that kingdom will never end, even if you never operate according to it. But if you're planning to go to heaven, you might want to get kingdom of God 101 on earth because that's how everything in heaven operates. Jesus said, I in John 6, he says, I preach, Jesus preached one message about the about eat his flesh and drinking his blood. And as a result of it, John 6, 66 says, and many people were offended his disciples got offended and it says and they followed him no more as a leader you are one message away from people not following you but i'm not asking you to follow me I'm asking you, I'm saying, just like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. The moment I stop following Christ, man, stop, don't, 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 don't subscribe to me. Don't follow my example. But if I'm, if I'm following Christ and I'm doing it his way and you get offended, offense will come. Whether you get offended or not, it's totally up to you. And what I found out was this. If I got offended by something, if I've ever been offended, most of the, ooh, that's good right there. Most of the time when I got offended by something, it wasn't because of what they said wasn't true. It's because it didn't line up with what it is I wanted to do or didn't line up with what it is I believed. But I, me, like Jesus, this is what I say. If someone gets offended, this is what I say. They said, I'm leaving and I'm not gonna follow you anymore. I don't try to explain it. This is what I say. Is there anybody else? Because I must be about my father's business. 
I don't, I don't, I don't sway back and forth. I am consistent. Even if it means that you may get upset. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Jesus came to his own people and his own people would not receive him. He had to answer to every situation and circumstance that they had, but he didn't do it their way and they got offended. They got offended. He didn't get offended. They got offended and they, did, they stopped following him. And the very answer to everything that they needed was right in their presence. It says he went to his own hometown and he couldn't do many miracles there. Why? Because they, they would not believe him. Not believing the word of God doesn't make it any less true. It just means that you don't partake of what it is that's made available to you. In my own former country in the States, there's all kinds of stuff that's going on. My mom and I get on the phone. She started talking about that. I just, that has no bearing. What does the word say? Y'all think I just say that to y'all? I say that to my, what's the word say about that? I'm your mama. You're still going to be my mama. But what does the word say about that? That's what's going to help us overcome. Not all that, all that arguing back and forth. All that does is create division. Jesus had a purpose-driven life. And his purpose-driven was to establish the kingdom, to increase it, and to increase peace. Where there's righteousness, you're in right standing with him because of what he did for you on the cross. You're in right standing with him because of what it is he, you believe in what it is he did for you on the cross. And he, in the midst of everything, what is he asking us to do? What is he instructed us, not even asking, instructing us to do? Preach the kingdom of God and make disciples who can also preach the kingdom of God. Amen? So if this is your very first time, you never, ever, ever, ever made Jesus the Lord of your life and you like to do so today, I'd like to give you that opportunity. It's as simple as, and it's a kingdom, it's a kingdom principle. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. What is the Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10? It says, the word of God is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto the righteous, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto healing. Confession is made unto deliverance. Confession is made unto wholeness. Confession is made unto completeness. So if you pray this prayer with me, Say it out of your mouth, meaning with your heart, you will, you will enter into that relationship, that one relationship, you'll be accepted the invitation that God made available to all men and women, to the entire world, to come into right relationship with the Father and with him. So repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus I, do believe, I do believe Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. He's, the Son of God. he's the Son of God. I believe he died for me. On the cross and carry my burdens for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me right now. I turn from my sins. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe I receive 
salvation, salvation. Healing. healing, deliverance, deliverance. Wholeness, wholeness, and protection, and your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit. Right, now. right now. In Jesus' name, Jesus name. Amen. amen. So if you pray that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you, congratulate you, welcome you, welcome you, welcome you in back into the kingdom of God, back into right relationship with the Father, and we want to invite you to get in, in that place, a place where you can bloom where you are planted. And Ignite Depot is that place that, see, your next step after you receive Jesus as your, born, as your personal Lord and Savior, you don't know what it means to operate according to the kingdom of God. So you got to find a church or have be led to a church that will teach you how to operate according to God's way of doing things and to be right. We believe Ignite Depot is the place for you. But hey, if you have another church, if you're not in our local area, uh, you have another church that you can go to, man, by all means, you want to find a church that teaches on a death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, and also about the Holy Spirit and the blood. So if you don't have a church or your church is meeting, we invite you to continue to join us here each Sunday morning at 930 Eastern Standard Time, where you will be, we will be representing God and we will ignite life and purpose our entire generations to expand the kingdom of God. I want to thank you for joining us this morning. Have a blessed Resurrection Sunday. On behalf of Sister Juan and the entire Ignite Brigade, we want to thank you for joining us. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.